Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Daily Playbook. I'm your host, Carl Vogley, joined by my co-host, Mitch Lang. Party people! And today is Friday, Friday, May 10th. Today we're going to talk about a couple teams forcing Game 7s, a potential third Game 7, the Seahawks making moves, and Albert Pujols hitting a career milestone. But first... A word from our sponsor. Today's episode of The Daily Playbook is brought to you by PJ's Appliance Outlet. PJ's Appliance Outlet is located in Plymouth, Minnesota at 925 Highway 169 North. And they're also online at pjsappliantsoutlet.com. They have 40 to 70% off everyday prices all the time. They sell new scratch, dent, and floor models consisting of refrigerators, stoves, washers, dryers, and dishwashers and their inventory changes all the time, so don't delay. Because if it's not a steal, it's not a deal. Be sure to mention that you heard about them on the Daily Playbook, or that Carl sent you, to get an even better deal. So last night, the Portland Trailblazers and the Philadelphia 76ers both forced a Game 7, beating the Denver Nuggets and the Toronto Raptors respectively. And what did you think of those games, Mitch? Obviously, Damian Lillard showed up for the Portland Blazers, trailblazers along with cj mccollum and rodney hood too he came to play yeah i'll be honest i think um (laughs) for the 32 minutes rodney hood played tonight i mean he was eight for 12 from field for his field goals he scored 25 points on 12 field goals tonight three for four from three pointers um he could have had more he missed um he missed three free throws out of his nine um his point differential was a plus 21 on the night um so with that being said i think shout out to my man rodney hood um for as great as damian lillard and mccullum are um remember they have to be that good if portland wants to even sniff the next round of the playoffs so they have a big game ahead of them next um the next game they're gonna be playing in denver um it's gonna be a big game mccullum's gonna have to show up lillard's gonna have to have pretty much the same performance as he had tonight and um, I guess they're going to just kind of hope for, for Jokic and, and Jamal Murray to have an off game. Yeah, it's going to be tough going into Denver to win that game, but it's always tough in the playoffs. And the one guy that I look at on Denver who just kind of, I feel like, lost them this game, even though it was really the Portland Trailblazers winning the game for themselves, was Will Barton. Ooh. He's out there 26 minutes, scored seven points, didn't look pretty, and the big minus twenty five is just like popping out to me. Yeah, that's it's big. I mean, it's as big as it's as big as looking at Rodney Hood's um, point differential for the exact opposite reason. Like, I could see where you say that, but I think another disappointment tonight was uh was my man Paul Millsap, um, who they can normally count on, but four for fifteen tonight. Um, even if he makes three, four more shots, it's a whole different ball game. And yeah, he had 17 points, six rebounds. Um, he was eight for eight from the free from th- from the free fr- from the free throw line. Um, but like I said, that that's what really stands out to me is the big four for four for 15. Um, he played 13 more minutes than Will Barton, and so I think I think both of them kind of share the brunt of of, of what kind of happened tonight. Yeah, I just feel like in the NBA, if you can get your bench scoring. That's the that's a huge difference because obviously your starters can't be out there the entire time, even though Jamal Murray played 46 minutes and it wasn't an overtime game. 
the less you have to rely on your starters and the more you can circulate your bench in. It allows you to be more versatile and be able to score even when your top starters are on the bench and Will the Thrill did not get the job done. But a guy who did, a guy who we've been ragging on constantly, is Ben Simmons. No, he did not shoot a three-pointer. Of course he didn't. Why would he? It's not an NBA where people are shooting three-pointers. But he did score 21 points. But if you're looking at that stat line, Mitch, there's one number that really pops out to me, and it's another guy we've been ragging on. Can you find it? Are you talking about Embiid? I am. Yeah, Embiid was better tonight. Um, He got rid of the diarrhea. He no longer has an upper gluteus injury. Whatever the heck it was. Um... He, yeah, he came out to play tonight. Like you said, I think Ben Simmons, um, the biggest stat from, from Ben Simmons that, that he should be proud of is the fact that he finished the game with no turnovers. Um, and that's kind of the only thing I would have to say about Embiid's game um, is he had another five turnovers tonight. And, I mean, it's it's just going to be harder and harder um, to get through the playoffs for them if, if Embiid is having five-plus turnovers every game. It doesn't matter how well he plays, but if him and if him and Simmons are accounting for ten plus turnovers in a game, um, it, it's going to be a really difficult role for them if they do get past Toronto. And so I think truly the thing that won him the game is not only how Ben Simmons showed out on the offensive end, but how smart he was too. Um, and obviously you can see it in that in, in in the fact that he had no turnovers. Exactly, playing smart basketball wins you games. But if your teammates aren't playing smart. You're not going to win. And we could potentially see another Game 7, so that would be three Game 7s in the NBA, if the Rockets can take advantage of Kevin Durant being out. But that'll be something we'll have to wait and see over the weekend, and we'll talk about it on Monday. But now we're going to move on to the NFL. The Seattle Seahawks released a couple players who were very significant pieces to their franchise during their Super Bowl runs, one being Cam Chancellor, who I don't know if he's seen the field the last two years, and the other being Doug Baldwin, who's been going through injuries, but he was Russell Wilson's main man for years and years, and the Stanford graduate just kind of brought himself up. He's a dog. He's a baller. Those have been terms that have been thrown around about him, but I've really appreciated Doug Baldwin's game, even though many a time he has lost me a fantasy football matchup. Yeah, I um, I like Doug Bal- I like Doug Baldwin a lot. Um, I think he's just a little wrecking ball out there. Um, he's he's the perfect counterpart um, for for Russell Wilson, um, especially kind of you know during their best years. Um, but as you and me talked about, kind of outside the show, um, I mean, as much as we both like him, I think he's obviously past his prime. Um, for a position that touches the ball as much as he did, um, you really know, don't know what you're going to get from him within the next three to four years. Um, and obviously, just just like any wide receiver, it's solely dependent on the quarterback that's throwing to him. And, you know, with his injuries that he's had, um, his, his inability to stay on the field, I mean, I really can't blame Seattle. Um, I mean, what were they going to do? Give him a three, four-year contract that – you know, you know how the NFL is. It's it sometimes it turns into, especially with a player like that. It's oh well, you're not going to pay me for 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 what I'm going to do. You should be paying for me. You should be paying me for what I've done. 
And I, th- I just don't think Seattle sees it like that. And I think that's the reason why, why he got cut. No, it's, it's always next man up in the NFL. We heard Steve, Steve Smith say it when he was talking about Josh Rosen being a little bleep. And that's what it is. The Seahawks drafted DK Metcalf, and they're starting to see the potential that he has in their lineup. And knowing that they also have Tyler Lockett, they can see a nice pairing of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And they don't want to go through another season where, where Dougie's getting hurt and he's only playing three or four games. And you kind of want him all 16. So congrats, Doug. I don't I don't know if he's going to catch on to any other franchise. As you said, he's a little bit aged now. And the injuries the past two years have kind of put in a putting a big uh, knock into who he is as a player. But congrats on the career that he did have. He fought for every single opportunity he had to get to where he was because he was not a first-round draft pick. And you can, never take the, you can never take the title of Super Bowl champion away from him. So um, he can always hang his head on that because there's a lot of great players that play in this league that have never won a championship, and, and he has. So... He has been, he, he almost should have won um, uh, a second one. He should have just ran the ball. Yep, give it to Marshawn. Give it to Marshawn. I don't even know if Doug Baldwin was actually drafted. I think he went undrafted, which is even more impressive for where he got. But another guy who's had a very impressive career and is definitely on the downturn is a man who got his 2000th RBI yesterday. Albert Pujols, I remember in the beginning of the 2000s how entertaining it was to watch the St. Louis Cardinals and see Albert Pujols out there. And if you were rooting for the other team, you did not want to see Pujols get to the plate. No, he, um, I mean, <laughs> he's a monster. I mean, the thing is, is when, when Pujols came into the league, um, especially after his first couple of years um, where he was just that dominant, I mean, he was... I mean, let's just be honest. What Mike Trout is the MLB right now, that's what Pujols was back then. So, I mean, he's, he's had an amazing career. Um, 2,000 RBIs. Just think about that. Um, he's 39 years old. Um, he's coming to the last leg of his career. This might be it for him. Um, and, I mean, he's, in my opinion, he's a first, ball, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I don't see how you can argue against that. No, you really can't. He hit his 2,000th hit on a solo shot when the Angels were starting to starting to get some runs in the third inning, and they ended up winning 13 to nothing. So he's still a productive player in their lineup, not as productive as he used to be. He is only batting 207 this year, but on his career, he he averages 301, 2,000 RBIs. That's the number that just stands out so much to me. Because there are only two other players who have hit 2,000 RBIs in their career. And that's Alex Rodriguez with 2,086 and Hank Aaron with almost 2,300. Obviously, RBI wasn't a stat until 1920. So you don't know like Babe Ruth, Cap Anson. Sure, they might have, but you can't get exact numbers because the stat wasn't tracked back then. But very, very impressive career for Albert. Amazing what he's been able to do with the angels i mean not as much as he was able to do with the cardinals he got he got paid pretty handily switching teams 10 years 240 million dollars 
and that runs through 2021. Like I said, he's on the last leg, but I think another thing that's that's even more unbelievable um, that that we almost forget about, and how could we, but it was his 639th home run today, which means out of his 2,000 RBIs, he's literally batted himself in 639 times, <laughs> which is crazy. Like, that's just crazy to me that, that out of them 2,000 RBIs, he literally accounted for 639 of them runs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Three-time MVP, 10-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, two World Series wins, two gold gloves, batting title, NLCS MVP. Like, the list goes on for his accolades. And the Hall of Fame is going to be the next one on there, no doubt. Unless he, some, unless he somehow gets to 2,500 RBIs, not going to happen. Maybe he hits 650 home runs, though. I could see that happening. In 2021, yeah, he could definitely. I mean, he could do that by the end of this year, to be honest. Yeah, it could be tough. He's got five so far this year. Well, six now. So he has six home runs so far this year. To hit 11 more, definitely a possibility. So I think I think it'll come down to the last month of the season, though, if he's going to get there. Yeah, and as long as he stays healthy, I, I, I think he will. So he is... Approaching fifth overall in home runs all time. Willie Mays is fifth with 660. A-Rod is fourth with 696. Then you have Babe Ruth, 714. Hank Aaron, 755. And Barry Bonds at 762. Asterisk. Whatever you want to do there. He hit him. It happened. That's the way that Major League Baseball was played then. And Pujols has a chance to move into fifth by the end of his career. Yeah. Um, 21 more to go. Let's start knocking them down, Albert. So that will conclude today's episode of The Daily Playbook. A little bit slower of an episode, not as much going on in the major leagues or the collegiate ranks, which we haven't even touched together yet, Mitch. We could have talked NBA draft, but we'll save that for closer to the NBA draft come June. We have to, we have to save the NBA draft for, for, for a full day. That's, that's going to take a lot to talk about. It definitely will. It definitely will. We do have the lottery coming up before then, though, and we can talk about that when the Timberwolves win the number one overall pick. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? If you're near wood, please knock on it. Thank you. But <laughs> but that will conclude today's episode of The Daily Playbook. I'm your host, Carl Vogley, joined by Mitchell Lang, and we will see you tomorrow. Just kidding. We will see you on Monday. Peace. Love you guys. <laughs>